Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. I'm Rob Spedding, the content director here on Bike Radar. Today, I'm joined by Warren Rossiter. He's our senior technical editor for The Road. Uh, he's having a few problems with his microphone, so uh, do bear with him. Uh, we are recording from home in these straightened times. Uh, lockdown still in place in the UK. But hello, Warren. Good morning. Good day. And I'm also joined by Simon Bromley, tech writer on Bike Radar. Simon, hi. Hello, Rob. This is one of our road tech talks, and today we're going to be talking about road e-bikes, specifically the controversial subject of whether e-road bikes are cheating. Well, thanks for joining me, chaps. Um, we uh, we could paint a sort of a visual picture, couldn't we? I think all of us have. Uh, we're all in our sort of different rooms in our houses. We're doing this um, over sort of. Uh, we're doing a, a Microsoft Teams meeting. Uh, where this uh, podcast is not sponsored by Microsoft Teams, just so that you know. Uh, and we are looking at everyone. We've all got uh, sort of frame picture frames behind us. I've got some uh, old DC Comics uh, covers. Was what have you got? Um. I've got a lot of original comic art behind me. Oh, yeah. And Simon? Quite similar. And Simon? Oh, it's mainly his cat pictures, yeah. My my wife is a bit obsessed with cats, so I've got cat pictures behind me, and I've got an actual cat on the window still in front of me. Perfect. I've got a cat sleeping next to me, actually. <laughs> my, my cat is locked out of the room because he is a massive pain in the backside, just wants food all the time. think he's got worms, but uh, that's another treat for later. Um, so today... 
we have decided that we thought we would uh, we'd take a really controversial subject and and really drill down into uh, into it, um, or maybe just waffle on a bit. But but what we're going to talk about are e road bikes and specifically whether e road bikes are cheating. Um, you may or may not have strong views on e-road bikes. And just so I think so that we um, let's kick this off. Firstly, with Warren, what do we mean when we're talking about e-road bikes here? What are we what are we actually defining as an e-road bike? See, I, I think that we definitely do need to make the distinction there, because um, if you're talking about e-bikes, uh, most people's thoughts go to the sort of bike you might commute on or you know, that kind of leisure riding sort of hybrid style thing. That's not, not what we're talking about now. We're talking about this kind of latest generation of drop bar road bikes that have e-assistance. Um, some of the early ones were all based around, you know, the big existing systems like Bosch and Shimano, et cetera. So they were very, very obviously an e-bike that just had drop bars. Now this latest generation, um, everything's getting a bit more hidden when you're seeing systems like e-bike motion and Fazua and, um, uh, and specialized with the Turbo Creo. You know, these these look like road bikes, you know. Um uh so it's um it's that disguise element, I think, mm. is yeah, that that's that's what I was gonna I was gonna say. Nowadays you can get uh, an e-road bike. I've ridden a few of them, one's from Villia, one's from Ribble, uh, and they look like road bikes. Uh, if you could ride along on that, no one would know. And Simon you what would you you know you're out in a group with your mates you're on your i think you've got a giant tcr unpowered apart from by your uh you know your 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 massive pistons um someone cruises up on a on a on an e-road bike how does that make you feel well i mean it it kind of depends on on their attitude i guess but yeah it's you know i think I, I've, I've got a bit of that Henri de Grange in me where I sort of think it, it, it's a little, you know, he, he obviously famously sort of said that derailers for, were only for people over the age of 45 and it was better to triumph by the strength of your muscles uh, rather than the artifice of a derailer. And I can't, you know, there's that kind of, you know, maybe I'm a bit of a dinosaur, but there's something in me that sort of feels that way about e-bikes. I'm glad that I qualify for being able to use a derailleur. So that that's a that's a start for me. I mean, I'll I'll put it out there. I've currently got an e-bike at home. Um it's not specifically an, an e-road bike. It is a Canyon Road Light On, which is a flat bar, but it does have um a Fazura motor, which a lot of the a lot of the e-road bikes are using. So that is quite a discrete motor. It it goes through the bottom bracket, I believe. Um and the battery is in the down tube, uh, removable battery. You can actually you can actually take that out. You have to take it out to charge. You also have to take it out. Well, you have to open it every day. You start the bike just uh, for, for, I guess, for security reasons. Um, but you know, it doesn't look much different to a road bike it, uh, to an to an ordinary flat bar bike, and the road bikes don't look much different. So you could easily, you know, you could easily get along on a on a ride on one of those, and no one would know apart from the little whirring noise that it makes. Uh, Warren, you 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 know, you're quite you've you've been riding for years, but you're quite an early convert to e bikes. So you, I'm guessing, are definitely of the opinion that it's not cheating. Yeah, I think it's um, it's one of those things where it's just it's 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 a different sport effectively now um and i just think the 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 great factor with with an e-road bike is um is as an equalizer it's as a as a way of making 
um, unequal riders, you know, especially if you think about now when everybody's on lockdown, you know, I, I, all of my riding's pretty much solo, but sometimes I do like to, um, you know, go for a ride with my wife. Um, my wife is a long-time cyclist, but, you know, unfortunately, unlike me, she has a proper job, so she can only ride, ride probably once or twice a week, uh, whereas I'm riding, you know, at a minute, seven days a week. Um, so our, our fitness levels are so unequal at the minute. So what that usually means is when we go out, she's on her road bike, you know, you know, with the full 22 speed, and I'm on a single speed cross bike. That, that was our way of equalizing before. Um, but it's not ideal because, you know, I'm still breaking my knees whenever we get to any big climbs. And, um, uh, but I am, you know, I am riding with her because, the, you know, my, my single speed cross bike is so low geared. But well, recently I've got a, an e-road bike. And so now I can go out on my, you know, my best bike, my nice bike, and she still can ride with me, you know. And the, the thing with the, the assistance is, for most competent riders, you're riding above above the, the, the legal 15 and a half mile an hour limit anyway. So you're never really using that motor until where you need it, which is the hills. And it was always on the hills where I'd end up, you know, dropping, um, dropping my wife, uh, and then I'd end up waiting at the top. And, you know, she would get irritated you know by me i'm to wait by the side of the road i get irritated because i'm having to, to wait now i'm actually following her wheel up the hills because because uh, she can put out 50 you know she can get 50 mile an hour going up a 15 you know 20 degree incline and i'm just sort of you know i'm hanging on her wheel and it's just it's it's really made it you know and i know i'm going to get grief for you know saying oh i've got my you know i've got the you know my my old lady, I've got one, you know, because then it makes it. But it doesn't matter. It can be, you know, I've I've ridden on lots of product launches and things all over the world with riders far far better than me, you know, far stronger climbers. And it's on those occasions that well, if we were riding in the same club, I wouldn't be riding in the same group as you. Mm. But if I'm on an e-bike or an all-bike, we're together. You know, it's a great equalizer. Yeah, yeah. And you know, that's that's one of the factors I see from it. It, it's it's an interesting one, is it? So is it? So there's an element where you can you can ride things you you wouldn't usually ride, you know. Yeah. Simon, have you actually ridden an e road bike? I guess that's the question to to ask here. Have you experienced? I haven't ridden not a not a drop bar right. e road bike. Obviously, I think like what we said at the start, there's that distinction between kind of e bikes for kind of general commuting and things like that. And I have ridden those, and actually, I really 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 like it. It's really really cool. Um, but I think, I think, you know, I haven't ridden one with a drop bar handlebar, like a kind of road bike one, but I think, you know, similar to Rob, I have that same situation where I go cycling with my wife and, you know, yeah, she's got also got a proper, I I can assure you, I don't go cycling with my wife. (laughs) She's also got a proper job and, you know, and she's, she's, um, you know, she's got a life and friends and all (laughs) those sort of things that stop her from doing any like proper training. Um, but what, but what I do is I just sort of slow down. And when I go cycling with, you know, far, much faster riders than me, you know, generally, yeah, we don't ride in the same group or they just slow down. And I kind of get the whole, it, it definitely does equalise things. And if it was nice to go riding with, and it is nice to do social rides with people where it's easier for that person to keep up. But at the same time, like, I can't imagine being that one who's riding the e-bike and being particularly happy. I did, it's something, there's something about it that, you know, I keep up with people out of my own steam and, and philosophically, I don't think I've quite gotten over that yet. 
do you think, Simon, there's a part of the, uh, in a, it's kind of one of the, I suppose, the myths of road cycling is that actually it's about the suffering. Um, and I I am an awful climber. So when I rode, I think it was the Cento Uno hybrid, um, a Villia bike, um, and we've got some really steep climbs around Bath. And I was riding up a, cl- a climb called Banner Down, which is quite a long one here. And I was like, Contador out of the you know out of the saddle flying up at 15 miles an hour and it was amazing but I didn't feel the satisfaction of almost being sick at the top of the climb and thinking that was slow I sort of got up and you know I I was still only the 37th fastest person ever up that climb on an e-bike which shows my sort of fitness levels but but do you think Simon do you think there's kind of that is for you it's that like riding a road bike it's about the pain I don't necessarily think it's about the pain and the suffering but I think but for me part of the fun is that physical effort and I think if I wanted to just go fast you know I could just buy a motorbike obviously because that would be the you know you could go even faster on that I'm not entirely I, I it's because it's pedal assist isn't it essentially and, and 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 as you say it kind of cuts out um once you're going over a certain speed so it, it is only help when you need it but then at the same time part of why I do cycling is because I want to get fitter and I want to see that improvement and I and I wonder if I had a motor there all the time it stops you from having to improve and there's something about going to a climb and then coming back and you know maybe it, it you didn't get up it before and you know we've all had that time where we've had to put a foot down on a climb and, and we feel ashamed and <laughs> you know have to kind of creep home but then you go out a month later and you get up there on your own steam and then you go out another month later and, and you're kind of like you're finding you can switch down a couple of gears and I think there's there's something in that that I worry that might get lost if if all of a sudden all of our bikes just come with a pedal assist Warren you yeah I mean you, I think you, the thing is that all bikes aren't going to become pedal assist it's, it's never going to happen um but like my own sort of you know personal experience I think um when I was on the 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 launch for the S-Works Turbo Creo um we did like this i think the second day ride we did it was uh you know it was a it was a big um you know 120k ride with um i think it was over three and a half thousand meters of climbing in it but there was one particular climb on that route which was 10k long the average gradient never dropped below 14 percent, and it maxed out in the high 20s um and riding up that i was on my, i was at my max heart rate it was my peak power all day but i was moving in a straight line now if i'd have been doing that unassisted it would have taken me four times longer and I would have paperboyed up the whole way. I would have just been zigzagging the whole way. Um, and when we got to the top of the climb, the guy that was with, I was chatting to him and I said, my God, that's, that's a hell of a climb. Do you normally do that? And he went, we've never done it on road bikes before. We never ride that route. With a, he said, there's an easier climb up to get to the same spot, which is actually a bar, <laughs> which was great. But, um, um, and so, it, it, so it's kind of, you know, Specialized used this kind of advertising slogan thing for it, which is, you know where they say it's like you only faster and i just you know when we were sitting in the presentation for that i was like yeah well, that's a load of bs isn't it and then it was after doing these rides you went ah, actually yeah it is you know because i was still i was still putting out i was still it was maximal effort all the, you know did it feel like an achievement though yeah it did you know it was still you know you were still you know ringing with sweat and um taste the metal in your mouth and you got to the top it was just you you'd done it quicker you know it was sort of it you know, it felt like it would feel if you were, a, you know, a pro tour climber. You know, it was kind of, um, which I'm never going to experience because, you know, I'm, I'm six foot two and 95 kilos. It's never going to be me, is it? 
Um, it, it, it is interesting. It, it, uh, you know, I've got a climb right outside my house, which is Lansdowne Lane, which is in Simon Warren's uh, 100 Climbs uh, books if you, if, you, if you live in the UK. It's super steep. Um, and I did that on, on the e-bike the other day, two minutes quicker than I did it, than I've ever done it normally. But my heart rate, you know, I'm, I'm quite, I've got quite a high heart rate and I got that up to about 190 going up that climb, even with the bike in sort of turbo. So, you know, you do, you do work out and, and there are, you know, quite a few studies that do show that people sort of still, still do get the same level of exercise or more when they're on a on an e-bike just because they kind of tend to either go further or work a little bit harder um and and you know for me i suppose the my commute is actually quite flat so most of the time i am going over that 15 and a half mile an hour on a heavy bike and the experience i've had of this bike with the fazua is if you forget the key and you drive somewhere with it on top of your car and the battery hasn't been woken up you then have quite a heavy bike to ride for 30 miles and so you do get a good workout. That's a really good way of getting a workout out of an e-bike. Yeah, I mean, and then the other thing I would say about about the e-bike is, um, as a kind of riding life extender, you know, I've got a neighbour that that lives a few doors down. Um, great guy, long time, you know, lifelong cyclist. Used to own a, a really big bike shop, um, but a couple of years ago, you know, he's in his late sixties, um, early seventies now, I think. Um, but a few years ago, he had a major heart attack. Uh, like really serious. So now he has to, you know, 24-7, he, he's out around to monitor his heart. Um, and it was kind of almost crushing for him because it, it, it almost got me and he, he had to give up cycling because where I live, um, you can't get out of the town without going up a hill. And um, with his, his heart problems, he couldn't ride up hills. So his riding was then basically, you know, he had this, this beautiful um, handmade Mercian custom, you know, beautiful custom bike. And he's having to ride it around the flat bits in the center of town. And then, a few months ago, one of the e-bikes I had in would actually was small, so it would fit him. I lent it to him, and he basically's fallen in love with it. Uh, after that, he's gone away and he's bought one, and he's using the e-bike motion system, which you can link up to an app, which can link up to your heart rate. So it will automatically throw in full power if your heart rate starts to get into a dangerous zone. And so, early, uh, I mean, late last last summer, um, he hooked up with a few of his mates, and they rode the length of Wales in a week. And without that e-bike assistance, he would never, ever have even contemplated going on a cycling holiday again. You know, he was effectively looking at retiring. And when I see that, I go, well, there's, there's the reason for it straight off. And you have to look at, you know, like an ex-pro like um, Sean Yates as well. Yeah. And now he's, you know, a, a, you know, a fearsome rider, uh, you know, super, super strong. And again, someone who was probably looking to have to give up something they loved. So... Yeah, I mean the Sean the Sean Yates example is a particularly good one, isn't it? I mean, if it's, if, if e bikes are good enough for him, <laughs> they're, they're, they're good, good enough, enough for, for everyone else. But yeah, I think that's a great example, and and certainly you know we always want cycling to be as accessible as possible to people, and and I think like you said, it, if there's some people who just can't ride a bike for whatever reason, and, and the kind of the e e bike can help them out, then you know that I think that is fantastic, really. But Simon, um, you know that that. I agree with all that, obviously. And um, my father-in-law, he, his knees are knackered, and he's quite—he's a long-time cyclist, quite keen to try an e-bike. Although, as a long-time cyclist, he there's part of him that does think does that mean he's giving up? Um, but once once he's had his knee up, I'll be making sure I get him on something. But um, I, I suppose that the the thing about the cheating though is that now we can all compete with each other um, via Strava. So. 
the the picking up of KOMs and and uh, and, and QOMs and all of that has become it's intrinsic to us as cyclists. Is that something that worries you, Simon? That people are buying e-bikes and they are getting your KOMs. I mean, it doesn't worry me too much because I don't have that many KOMs. But if I was Joe Norledge's manager, it would worry me very much because, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I think that is cheating. And maybe we, I think like Wads said at the start, it's kind of almost a different sport. And I think maybe Strava should implement a category for e road bikes you know because obviously you might you might be able to argue that well you know you can use the motor as a kind of tactical element and and we can have a separate thing but yeah for sure if people are going out there getting koms on e-bikes and then sort of putting them up on strava and and sort of pretending that they've done it all under their own steam you know that 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 grinds my gears (laughs) yeah i mean you can you can flag your ride as an e-bike ride and i obviously always do even the even the climb <laughs> that i got a kom on i may have i think i probably left it long enough that the person who i took the kom off got the email and i apologize for you it was a, a climb somewhere out by the westbury white horse um but i did flag it as an e-bike ride but yeah i guess that would count as cheating wouldn't it and obviously again simon you know as a, as a there were so many rumors about e-bike motors in pro bikes that obviously is cheating do you think that ever happened or is that just uh, it's internet really nonsense? hard to say isn't it i i i'd be i would be surprised if it did you know the, the the weird thing was that there were rumors about riders you know like the famous one was cancellara wasn't it i think in the tour of flanders where he dropped boonen might have been 2012 over the um, the Moor van Gerdsberg and he just rode off at about 50 kilometers an hour from the entire peloton and you know it did look incredible but he's such a big rider under so much scrutiny I just can't believe that he would have had a bike with a motor in it, it just seems you know it just it would beg a belief to think because it because obviously it would be so easy to check the bike yeah, and then, I mean, there was the famous. Um, there's a famous. There's a YouTube clip. I can't remember who it is, but the the bike. It's a crash, and the bike is lying on its side, oh, and it's the right back wheel just keeps going. Keep, yeah, yeah, so. I yeah, mean, but I think again, you know, that's just to do with the free wheel, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he had a really good free wheel. <laughs> yeah, Ceramic the chain bearings. is still connected, and and I think the bike kind of spins round, and the pedals on the floor, and so it it, it you know the there's free. I you know I just can't believe that. It would be so easy. It, yeah, yeah, I mean, the thing with that one is, it's that 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 would define it as a rear hub motor. Now, if rear hub motor was that small and that advanced back then, yeah, why yeah. is the e-bike motion rear hub the size of a disc rotor? Absolutely. You know, it just mm. it's like it's just no. I mean, to to tech, you know, technical cheating on that level, pro cycling isn't Formula One. You know, it yeah, hasn't got yeah. the budgets to be able to develop something yeah. like that. No, now the bottom bracket system even back then would be something there was a german product called the schlumpf drive which is like a pillar drill that drove a gear that drove a it drove your bottom bracket you basically put it down your seat tube and that would have been you know touted at your bike for years and years and years and i've tried it and it's kind of a funky little system but it's not going to give you 50k an hour it it you know it it's the sort of thing that would help you get up a steep driveway it it's just it wasn't that advanced so you know the whole the whole thing was sort of you know, to me, that that seeing what was out there, what was commercially available, you just sort of going, yeah, no, not really, not yet. So, so Warren, what about that though? You know, there are ways around the 
we, and we obviously don't recommend it, but we know that you know there that there are different rules. So US e-bikes can go much faster than UK e-bikes. So is that cheating? You know, are the Americans cheating because they got faster no, I mean, e-bikes it's, it's, than us? It's just different regulations, isn't it? I mean, and in mainland Europe, in Germany, and everything, if you get an e-bike with a license plate, so then you have insurance and everything like that, then you don't have a restriction at all. You know, but then it's a moped, surely. No, because it's still pedal assist. It's just the pedal assistance will continue. I mean, I tested a uh, an e-bike that came from mainland Europe not long ago, and it was like a town bike, a you know, um, straight bar kind of simple thing. But on the app that you set it up, there's no geolocation. So it goes, you know, where do you live? And you go, oh, I live in America. And it will go, be sure. I go, yeah. And then you've got that straight away. So there are ways and means around it. And, and do an eBay search. Every e-bike system that's out there, you can buy a dongle or an add-on that, that will just, you know, will take those limiters off. I wouldn't recommend it. It just seems a ridiculous <laughs> thing to do. You know, it, and it's like you must notice on your, your commute into, into the office and, you know, going down the bike path. Somebody in Bristol is making a business out of this because there are some e-bikes going. Quite quickly, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, we would like to point out that the the fifteen and a half mile an hour is an is a legal requirement. So if you if you did anything like that, you're a breaking the law. You're also completely voiding any warranty, and uh, you shouldn't really do it. But obviously, some of us, yeah, we're all more than capable of riding at thirty miles an hour, you know, fifty k an hour on the flat without pedal assistance anyway. So we wouldn't do it. We don't need to do it. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, yeah. Absolutely. So I, I you know, I don't. I, I think. Well, certainly, I think Warren and I, we we don't believe e-bikes are cheating. Personally, you know, I will. You, I'm, I'm going to sort of use an e-bike for. I think just for commuting and and the sort of yeah, just getting around, maybe getting to the shops. But Simon, I don't think I would ever at the moment. I don't think I would swap my road bike, which is currently locked in the office somewhere, with an e-road bike would you know I, th- I, I think i still in sporting terms if we're talking about cycling as a sport i, I think having a motor on your bike is still that that's a, a you know I, I have got a derailleur on my bike i you know i'm not jack luke and uh, you know i don't subscribe to that that kind of purity but i think uh yeah for me a, a motor on a bike in sporting terms is still a bit too far <laughs> warren are you you, you are sticking with uh, normal road bikes on the on the whole aren't you yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm testing quite a lot of, of e-road bikes at the minute, and, and to be fair, I'm enjoying them. Um, obviously, they don't belong in competition. They don't really belong in anything, even semi-competitive. So um, unless it's a completely different classification, it's like a Grand Fondo or a Sportive, then, yeah, by all means, introduce an e-bike class, but they do, they can't start you know with the, the standard riders. It needs to be, there needs to be a point of separation between them. Um, but you know, speaking of on the on the e road bikes favour, um, weirdly, I've actually found it almost motivational. If you know what I mean? You know, if I'm doing a big week block of testing and I'll get into, you know, I'll get to like the Friday and I'm dog tired and I'm I'm looking outside and it's a bit dreary and it's you know it looks like it might rain or anything. All those motivate, you know, those anti cycling you know factors coming in. I'll go, yeah, but I've got that e road bike in there garage and that just gets you over that hump it gets you out the door because you think well at least you know once i'm getting warmed up uh, i've got a friend yeah. you know give me a, giving me a gentle push in the back 
And then you just sort of get out and then you go, oh, brilliant. And, and quite often I'll go out and I'll ride for half an hour on the e-road bike and I'll come back and get on a proper bike, you know. <laughs> and then so it's, definitely, again, uh, it, it's got me that, you know, it's, it's, it's given me that wake-up call sort of thing for it. It's it's the gateway drug, isn't it? It can be the gateway <laughs> drug. So let, let's 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 push them, um, and then of course you know putting an e bike on on a, on a smart trainer to do Zwift. That's fine, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's what I do. So <laughs> certainly in lockdown, that's what I'm going to experiment with. Well, I think um, I mean the the only one area we haven't really really touched on with the with the drop bar e e bike is um, gravel. I've had a couple of gravel. Mm. e-bikes over the last year or so and in fact i've got one in my garage right now that's under embargo so i haven't been able to really properly test it yet but they are amazing fun uh, like truly truly amazing fun because as we all know you go on a, a gravel ride especially in the uk you're going to end up riding a lot of effectively mountain bike single track and mountain bike single track on a gravel bike eventually means at some point you're going to be bike hiking you're going to be carrying your bike up a steep slope because you haven't got the traction of a fat mountain bike tire. So when you're getting out of the saddle to try and attack that climb, your rear wheel spins out, you dab a foot, you can't get back on, you're carrying the bike up the hill. I've just found on, on gravel bikes, I did it, I did one on, uh, it was an Obey Again gravel bike last year. And it, there's a, I've got an off-road route where I can get basically from where I live right across to an ancient monument without switching a road. But there's one section, a very, very steep single track climb, and I've never cleaned it on a normal bike. I've always had to put foot down and climb, you know, walk the last 80 meters to the top. On the gain, I just put it in turbo, sat down, leaned back, all the traction over the back wheel and motoed up it. And it was yeah. the best feeling. And I was just like, yes, this is the point of these bikes. This that's, is that's where what that's but don't, don't, isn't there isn't there a part of you was that one you know if you if you kind of kept at it and you know like you said you've never done that climb under your own steam but what if you kept going back and then one day you did it wouldn't that well, be... i mean that's the thing actually is now that i've been able to clean it on an e-bike i go back on my normal gravel bike on my own you know my standard bike and i've kind of learned where you get the traction i've learned the climb effectively um so now i'm on a normal bike i'm much much more confident I mean, I haven't been back yet because it's too far from where I live mm -hmm. um, under the lockdown thing to go right to that point safely. But I'm kind of itching to get back there because, you know, now I've learned, learned the traction points. Now I've learned, you know, the point of attack with assistance. I'm pretty confident I can do it. So I think what we're saying there is you need a road bike and you need an e-road bike. So the bike industry will love us even more. For you just that. need so, more bikes, yeah. You just need you do just need more bikes. I don't think so. I just think that if the opportunity arises, I don't think people should turn their noses up at them. Yeah. It's yeah. like if you're on, you know, say you're on holiday. Say you're, yeah. You know, well, that seems uh, imagine <laughs> to say right now. But say, say you're on holiday. Say you're in Gran Canaria or. You know, um, where there are some astonishingly great roads, beautiful climbs and everything, that that if you're just on a holiday there rather than on a training camp or whatever, rent an e-road bike for a day. Go out and ride it. And then you'll just go, wow, this is insane fun. Because, you know, when we were shooting the, the final bike of the year, uh, we had the week in Gran Canaria, it's places I've been to before, and I've never seen the amount of e-bikes there ever before. And they were all e-road bikes. It was all premium you know there were canadale pinarello villiers and I, I must have seen 60 or 70 riders during the week and they were all riders of a certain age but they're you know they're in like the valley of the tears they're doing some of the toughest climbs on the island 
And you're just thinking, there's no way they would have even attempted to do that on a normal bike. Yet here they are getting some spectacular views, riding spectacular roads. And so I just think, yeah, don't dismiss them. Or don't knock it till you've tried it, basically. I think the conclusion is they aren't cheating except in situations where they are cheating. I think that's a, that's the, a good way to yeah. end, don't you? Warren and Simon, thank you very much. Um, we hope you've enjoyed listening to this. We hope you're all staying safe. And if you do like this, then please subscribe. Obviously, if you've got any comments, you can find us. Uh, you can find Bike Radar on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. We also obviously have a YouTube channel. And, of course, we have a website. So uh, do do visit all of them. And once again, thank you for listening and goodbye. Goodbye, Warren. Cheerio. And goodbye, Simon. Bye-bye. And goodbye from me. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bye.